You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Lord, we thank you for allowing us into your presence again this evening. Lord, today you've given me something very interesting, I believe. I would like to share it with your people. Let them discern what they believe. Father, first off, I'd like to, I'm going to describe something that revealed to, you revealed to me in Isaiah 21 about the, the chariots. But first, and the watchmen. And first, though, I want to review quickly, because this sets the stage of understanding a little bit about Isaiah 21. I want to look at Ephesians 6. In Ephesians 6, it tells us about the whole armor of God. But I want to read from verse 1 to 20 so that we might understand it a little bit and I want to make a one comment about the breastplate which will help us when we come back to the other because the other one talks about the shield and we need to understand the two of them together the shield and the breastplate then we'll have a better idea of understanding what Isaiah 21 is saying it tells us in Ephesians 6 1 to 4 it says children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. And the promise is that it may be well with you and, and you may live long on the earth. And your fathers and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. That's our law, by the way, in Deuteronomy 6, 4, 9, Deuteronomy 11, 18 to 21. We add years to their life. <clears throat> and the Lord is telling us, that if we honor our parents, then we will have a long life. So we can understand that the, this is a that that uh, commandment is very important to us if we want to live good. Okay, in Ephesians six five to nine, it says, "Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart, as to Christ, not with eye service." as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ. In other words, doing the will of God from the heart. And what is important in here is we have to also know the appointed times of God. Because you cannot go pleasing God at this time when it's not the will of God to follow the leaders of the world. Because when the words are opened and the light is entered the world, as it says in Revelation 18, 1 to 4, when you see the light, he calls out, come out of Babylon, come out of Babylon. And that's also echoed in Isaiah 21, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And it gives a very interesting description of this time in Isaiah 21. So we have to come out. Do not believe these people that are saying, obey Romans 13. Romans 13, you obey if you come out from following the leaders of the world who are walking in fornication with the harlot because the dominion authority for the beast kingdom has been removed. And we're going to discuss that tonight a little bit in Isaiah 21. You'll see it. And we're not to go to Washington. We're not to follow Trump. We're not to follow all these people. We are to seek God to to bring forth the kingdom of God at this time. It's extremely important because all these leaders are deceiving us and leading us into our destruction while they're allowing the cursing to go on and continue and the death 
of us to be continued like even our health is being totally destroyed every day and we don't see it <clears throat> anyway let's go back to this in verse 7 it says uh, let, let me let me back up here um it says that but as bond servants of christ doing the will of god from the heart with good will doing service as to the lord but not to men in other words you you work in this way you're even though these people have been removed we are to seek and pray for them because they do not know the knowledge of God. And we we are to continue to seek the Lord to intervene that they may be harvested. That is the righteousness of God. He's coming as the son of righteousness. God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. That's his will. If we're not doing his will, we're not of God. Quite simple. It says, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord whether he is a slave or free. And you, masters, do the same things to them. Give up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. Sin is sin and he's going to punish us for it if we don't repent for it. And we must stop it. It says Ephesians six ten to 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. What is his power? Ecclesiastes 8, 4. He is our king. Daniel 9, 24. We're required to receive him as king at this time. From the beginning of the light coming into the world, he's been awaiting for us to appoint him as king. And we haven't done so. But the might, the power of a king is in his words. So in his words, which unlocks the good works of God that were prepared for the foundation of the world is the might of God. We find that in the mind of God. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. But understand that from the beginning of the day of the Lord in 2003 in April, they were cast down to the earth. Revelation 12 tells us this. And that's when the beginning of the time of times and a half time began, beginning of the day of the Lord. The entrance of his words, are in, the beginning of the day of the Lord began with light. In other words, God cast him down to the earth, but he also sent you the words that overcome all the darkness. So yet we have no excuse, as he says in Revelation, I mean, Romans 1, 18 to 25. We have no excuse. Okay, then verse 13, it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. The day of the Lord is an evil day. We're being tested. And the devil's been cast down to the earth and we must resist him. We must overcome him, as it tells us in Revelation 15. Those who go up to heaven, what did they do? They overcome the beast. They overcome this mark. They overcome the image and the number. His image and the number, his number. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Remember that the people in Revelation 6 says who can stand because in the morning when the plagues come, which the Lord brings the plagues at the beginning of the morning of his day, when those plagues come, the people will not be able to stand because they're going to have the boils all over the bodies on the head, top of the heads, bottom of the feet, the whole body. And it's going to look like they were stillborn. You know, it, it, when it... when Miriam got these plagues. The, the re, re, uh, response was by Aaron is, don't make her look like she's 
a, a dead-born child with, you know, the flesh is not complete. It's not ready. The baby, you know, she was, that. that's what it looks like. This plague that's coming, it's called Tessaret, that's the plague. You haven't seen, this leprosy is not the description of Tessaret. Tessaret is this, this, like the disease that Job got, but uh, and it became worse when Miriam got it for those seven days. And that's the disease that's coming out. You cannot stand. They took her outside the city. The boils all over her. <clears throat> See, um, stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Did you understand this very clearly? Let's get this carefully. You girded your waist with truth. You know, you're going to find that God uses food to bring forth good works. And people try to deny this all the time. Right there he's telling, gird your waist with truth. What is your waist? The belt. And and it's like he puts the gold sash around him. And what he's asking for, the Lord, is to turn everything for gain within you. Today, the devil has destroyed the food intentionally, the nutritional value of the food. The FDA was formed intentionally to do that. I've told you that from firsthand knowledge from meetings I was in with the DHS and the top of the secret side. And they're coming forth to kill the whole generations. They're bringing a religion that is a no-hide religion. And I'll talk about that in a second. I'll explain to you what the Lord is telling us way back, and we'll see it in the chariots. We'll understand it better that way. We'll, we'll be able to catch it. But they're, they're destroying us with the food we eat, the GMO, the rest of it. And I, I was uh, told by uh, Carol today that uh, and uh, Daniel, the, the thing about the food is that there's something in the foods like the tomatoes. Like when I sat with a um, top uh, scientist of the FBI um, and he has the, you know, he's a, working with the highest people in the in the system on that day that I was meeting with him. And a guy that was reporting to the president was with me. It took me there actually to the meeting and he brought this guy to the meeting. Uh, this scientist. So he was sitting there and saying, the tomatoes, you can't even eat. They're not good for us. This was 2001 or two, uh, January 30th, 2002. And he made this clear. And he had the, uh, he had the top secret clearance to, and the need to know. So he explained to us how the FDA was formed to do this. And the guy that was reporting did not deny. And he worked, he was also reporting to uh, Dr. Nicholson, who runs the global genocide program, you can call it, the, the responsibility to kill so many people on a schedule that the Crown Trust, all the Queen and the Rothschilds have, and nobody knows that schedule. But these insiders, the highest of the insiders, like George H.W. Bush knows, and Jeb Bush knows, they have this schedule that they're working on to bring all this death on the world. They're girding, girding our waist with truth is very important at this time. If we begin to do this, we will assist the Lord, asking him to please give us the food. We have to seek the Lord. Remember, he's looking down from heaven, Psalms 14, 2 and 3, Psalms 53, 2 and 3, to see if we understand. And no one does, no one does good. If you gird your waist with truth, like a, a sash, be, you can do the scarlet sash, you can do the gold sash, the silver sash. Silver is really good at this time. Uh, scarlet rope is very good at this time. You know, I, it's it's these things. White is very good at this time. Why you want to do this is that's why he made the the prayer shawls, the white prayer shawls. To me, 
the best one, the white and the blue, uh, with the blue tzitzi and so on, the blue and white. The, those are extremely good. There's a reasons for it. The knowledge, though he wants us to make us with a white garment, we need to ask him for the white garment, so use that. We have so many the the prayer shawls that we've just, I think, not understanding what we're doing with them, making all these colors on them and so forth. Um, a rainbow color is one thing. I, I mean, there's there's colors and the importance of it, and it can be done. I'm just telling you what God is saying. Your truth is a knowledge of his words, John 17, 17, which we are required to be set apart from the world, and they make us holy because what is in them? John three thirty four. These words of God have in them the full measure of the Spirit of God, and we don't understand this. And we are not listening to the knowledge of truth that's being preached to you for 13 and well, almost 14 years now. And April 6th will be 14 years this knowledge has been available. So it's saying, and I've been pleading with people to come in here and help with that. And they would not come even when it was opened at that time. <clears throat> they, uh, what they wanted to do was come and they, they wanted to take it and use it and try to make their own thing and sell their own books and stuff like that. And then you won't see it sold by us. We're giving it away, the knowledge. Because it's God's. It's, you can't charge for his holy words that are holy. They're not ours. They're God's. They're in the Bible for everybody to understand. If they will seek him and get the spirit of truth poured out on them, you have to seek him to do that. And you have to set yourself apart from the world by believing there are words and believing his promises. Then he says in Proverbs one twenty three, he'll cause you to know them. And you'll be able to get the truth in your stomach. It's the bread you eat in the way of the kingdom that brings you the instruction, the desire to know knowledge, deeper knowledge. Okay, it says, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and this is very important you understand this. In the breastplate, it's, it's kind of interesting at this time. The queen just celebrated her sapphire. They call it the sapphire, 65th year of reigning as king. Now, pay attention. She made a five-pound um, coin, a circular coin. And put her face in the center of that. That's very important you understand because the waters that surround the firmament of the heavens is circular. And she made that. And on the outside of that, she put the wording in there. And I can't remember the wording right now, but it's, um, other words, she got her dominion on the uh, shoulders of giants. She has that on most all of their, the coins on the, on the edge of it. That's the outside circle. That's like the, the, shim, um, that Egyptian, or not the Egyptian, the, the the Indian goddess that tramples upon things inside the circle and they do the thing with CERN with the inside of the circle. It's mocking God because outside that circle is where the where the people are sent out of the pit. I mean, out to the pit uh, in that. I'm not getting into that tonight, but that, that's one thing. But then you'll notice that the lettering that she uses in the inside, it says by God, she's got divine right, by grace. She doesn't have grace of God right now. She's trampling upon the spirit of grace because her God, as you can see from the state coach and all the other things, the dragons in the city and the state coach, as I've explained many times, her God is the dragon, the devil, the flood of the words of the devil's her God. And that's who she's worshiping. She's mocking the spirit of grace, the blood of the spirit of grace. And all those who use those coins of England, of the UK, that she's in any other country that she has her coins on, are mocking the spirit of grace, the blood of Christ, by doing this. They're worshiping that God. And you'll see, like her two-pound coin, she has this Masonic symbol on there. She's trying to rise above. And sapphire 
if you look at Ezekiel 1, it tells you that the throne of God, it's above the, um, above the firmament, is a sapphire throne. It's sitting on a sapphire. It's like sapphire. And so, you know, they, they say that's a blue. Well, we don't know exactly uh, if that's blue because there's, there's some discrepancy as to whether that is really saying sapphire. But blue is what you, blue is a color that God uses in the rainbow to signify the five, the fifth spirit, which is the might of God. And so she's saying that the might of God, the five pound coin that she did for just for this occasion, that and take note if you look up the the design of these things of the coins, you'll find that her name is is listed as the designer. It's very important. I read that today and I was like shocked. But it's, you know, it makes sense. First, she's a mathematician. She does all these things and so forth. Anyway, I'm just trying to show you that. It's important you understand that. The breastplate has a, they say, has a sapphire stone in it. We're not sure it's sapphire because whether it had sapphire at that time or not. We don't, we don't know. But they describe it as sapphire. So whatever they're describing, they're describing is that in the scriptures. Now, Basically, what is very important for us to understand on this, and this is why I want to get to it. In Exodus 28, 30, the Lord says, And you shall put in the breastplate of judgment. See, he calls the breastplate the breastplate of judgment. The Urim and the Thummim. And they shall be over Aaron's heart when he goes in before the Lord in the Holy of Holies. So Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel over his heart before the Lord continually. It's the breastplate of righteousness. It's the best part of righteousness. It's so that we can receive righteousness. We, we, we need to understand the way of righteousness for all of his people. So he was, and you know, the Urim and Thummim is asked, you use that to, to inquire of the Lord. You, you use that to inquire of the Lord. See, uh, and let's take example. Ezra 2.63 says, And the governor said to them that they should not eat the most holy things till a priest could consult the Lord with the Urim and the Thummim. See, it's a use to talk to the Lord to get understanding of the holiness, of the holy words, of the holy instruction, of the holy ways of God. All his works, all his ways are done within the words, the words and all of them are done in the ways of the Spirit of God. So the works are the words are just like keys that unlock the promises of God when you do them in a way. That's why James one uh, says that we at one twenty to twenty two we should be doers of the words of God. The Father is always looking down to see if we understand if we do good. What do you do when you do good? You do the ways of the words and enables His promises. And what is His promises? They're the good works. They are the good of God. These are the things that Jesus said, only God is good. Only God can unlock these good works. And he does that when we communicate to him in the way of the words with a heart of righteousness and a stomach that desires good things, not good things and riches, good things for others and for the glory of the kingdom of God. When we want to give glory to the kingdom that they might live long and these kind of things, that's what does it. <clears throat> it's really important to do that, when, especially when you're... Um, you know, praying to the Lord in the evening and trying to teach the word. These are all good things to do. Um, so that your breastplate is righteousness. You can put the prayer show around you. Um, and that, that's like a breastplate. What is it? You're asking the Lord for righteousness. It's what's in your heart that you're asking him and doing these things for his good. 
All right, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the good news. The people say gospel. I, I, I hate that word. The, the, they use it in the Bible because the people don't understand. It's the good news of peace. That's what it says here, of the good news of peace. We are to always walk and do seeking peace, seeking the good news, seeking the eternal kingdom to come and for all men to be saved. That's the will of God, that they would come to the knowledge of truth. That's what Paul teaches us. So that's what we're to do. This is how we're to do it. Paul tells us, this is what you must do every day. He tells us in Hebrews 10, 24 to 31, that we, in the evening time, we are to gather together and um uh, stir up love and good works for each other. What is love? Jesus says, you don't love me if you will not hear my words. So obviously, talking and stirring up his words says we know if we're stirring up those words, he's in the midst of it because all his words come with the full measure of the Spirit of God. So we know that that's the holiness that we're to be set apart by, which is required of us by John seventeen seventeen. So it says, uh, and above all, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. What is the shield of faith? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. So he's saying, take the shield, which is hearing the word, so that you have the instruction to overcome the way of the world, all the things of the world, that the devil cannot defeat you because your wisdom of God's ways and his times is higher than his. You have the clarity to do it. And devil will leave you alone, as he says in Revelation twelve sixteen. He gives up on those with wisdom and leaves her. And wisdom is in us. If she comes, it's her words. Wisdom is the words of God. She calls out her words, Proverbs 1, 20 to 22. And, uh, you know, the, the words of God are both the helper, the he, the helper, and the wisdom the guide, the one that prepares all things. So we got to have both of those in us. That's the spirit of truth in us. The spirit of truth has both sides, preparation and finishing. Preparation and the work, they come together. It's the evening and the morning. That's why he says at the, and, and the day of the Lord, he's done, and that's the evening and the morning was the first day. What is the day? The day means if we have the evening and the morning, then we have the day. And Paul says we're either of the day or of the night, we're either of the darkness or of the light. Meaning if you do these things, you're going to have the light. Okay, let's go on here. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. See, you want the Word in your head so that you remember the hair, the, the hair is always an antenna listening for the Word. That's what we're talking about. And that puts that upon us. We're always looking to, to grow in knowledge and understanding. And the sword is the words we speak. You know, swords like a two-edged sword come out of the Lord's mouth. Either you're going to believe it or not believe it. If you don't believe it, you're going to be judged by it, John twelve forty eight, And you're going to get the punishments. But if you believe it, you're going to be set apart to be, be refined and made white so you can be raptured. You can't be raptured until you've been purified, made white, refined. John, uh, Daniel twelve ten, Revelation nineteen one to ten tells you the way he's going to do that. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly. Oh, I'm sorry, <clears throat> I, I left out verse eighteen. That says, uh, "Let's go back to seventeen and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. In the spirit." 
being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the good news for which I am ambassador in chains, that I may, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Why are we in chains to speak the good news? See, he was in chains to speak the good news because why? The people of the world cannot receive the words. It's a law of God. John fourteen fifteen to 17, 2 Corinthians 12, 1 to 4. And it tells us that we have to be set apart from the world. He tells us we must be sanctified to receive the knowledge of the words. And those who are set apart by the words, by the knowledge of truth, which is the law of God, Psalms 119, 142, 160, and 130, and 105, tells you then the light will be before us, the word will go before us. And that's the chains. The chains are, you know, if, if he does the good works for people, and if we pray, when, remember, prayer is also communication to God. Do the way of the words in your prayers, and your prayers are going to enable good works for others as well like helping Paul at that time. That's what he needed, people to do these things. When he was asking for prayer, he's asking him to put on this armor and then pray. That's what he's saying here, revealing to us. We don't understand. Okay, now let's go over and look at something in Isaiah uh, 21. It's really good. And I went over a little bit of this last week, so I'm not going to go over the the first uh, part. I want to read them, but I'm really going to talk about um, from... Uh, verse 4 uh, onward, because that's where we, we, we really want to concentrate uh, up to verse 9 at this time. I think you'll understand. I've, I've went over 10 to 12 a lot of times, uh, and I went over 1 to 4 real hard last week a little bit. So let's uh, uh, talk about, I'll read 1, one to 9, um, and we're going to discuss it as we go. But uh, maybe I'll just read it through real quickly and then we'll discuss it better and you'll get the idea of this because there's some really interesting things here that God is revealing. He made a puzzle here that's just marvelous. And when you see the puzzle, you're going to understand it because remember, uh, set a table, prepare the table. What are you preparing the table for? The table is to eat the food of the kingdom. What is the food of the kingdom? The word of God. The manna was the word, the bread of instruction. He tells us in Luke 14, 15 to 24 at the Great Supper at this time, we're to eat the bread of instruction. Come out and eat the bread in the kingdom of God. And bread in the kingdom is bread that has instruction of the kingdom. And we bring the kingdom of God on earth at this time. It's very important for us. <clears throat> okay, Isaiah 21, one, let's read 1 to 9. The burden against the wilderness of the sea, as whirlwinds in the south pass through, so it comes from the desert, from a terrible land. A distressing vision is declared to me. The treacherous dealer deals treacherously, and the plunderer plunders. Go up, O Elam, besiege, O Media, all its sighing I have made to cease. Therefore my loins are filled with pain, pangs have taken hold of me, like the pangs of a woman in labor. I was distressed when I heard it, and when I, was, um, when I heard it, I was dismayed when I saw it. My heart wavered, fearfulness frightened me, the night for which I longed, he turned into fear for me. That's setting the stage for this. Notice that we're talking about a woman in labor. How does the night come? Like a time in labor. A woman in labor pains. First Thessalonians 5, 1 to 3. And he also tells us that the, the, the terrible land is like a desert. If you look around the world, because we have not done, taken dominion over the earth, as is shown to us in the Bible, in the way of the scriptures, nobody has done it. 
And because we haven't done that and haven't used the animals properly, haven't prepared the land properly, and we've destroyed the, the seed, destroyed the air with the, the, the chemtrails and the GMO seed and all these things that are, that are putting all these poisons in the food. I was talking before about the poison in the food. Carol and Dan were explaining to me about this lactin or whatever it is that's in the food. And it's these things like in potatoes and um, uh, the the uh, potatoes and the um, – uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember the other one right now. But anyway, this stuff is in these things, tomatoes for sure. It, it's what it does. It, it's a, a bacteria that destroys all our good bacteria in us that keeps us healthy. And they were talking about people that eat right. And they were talking – I mean, they give an example of Tom Brady, the football player, is eating right. Well, the system knows these things. I know from the system, they know that. I was talking to the scientists. They know what they eat. They don't eat these things, and they're healthy. And it, it's, they looked healthy. The family looked healthy. And um, that's what you see when they understand these things are poisonous. And the system is giving us, you go into Walmart, and I tell you, I, I could cry because the food is destroyed by the, the global giants, the system. And remember when I told you about the coin, the queen, and the, um, the giants before her, what, on the shoulders of giants? What they're talking about is Isaac Newton's story, which was all the things he's done were built upon those who prepared the way before her. And the queen just gave credit to George III, who made that gold state coach that gave so much power through the occult. And previously, last year, a couple of years ago, three years ago, she's given much credit to Edward III being the greatest king. He's the one who brought in the Admiral to Allah and the Order of the Garter and all that evil stuff. So she's saying all these giants of history have prepared the way, which is exactly what the Lord said would happen in Ezekiel 38. And when I was explaining the coin, when you look at the coin, when the way it reads in, in the coin that the queen has, you'll see something very intriguing in there. It says Elizabeth II, D-E-I, Gra, it says Di, Gra, Reg, Fid, Def. What that means roughly is Elizabeth II reigning by the grace of God, defender of the faith. But faith is the God that you're hearing. She's hearing from the words of the dragon. Even the city of London that she reigns and owns, because she's as a sovereign nation that she, that she owns. And what it is is that it's cornered everywhere with dragons. And even the center room of Buckingham Palace, the secret room that the families, the public's not allowed into, is called the dragon room. And uh, on the edge of the coin, she has it saying, standing on the shoulder of giants. And what it is, it's, they're referring to the giants in history before them, which is exactly what it says in Ezekiel 38 they would do. But when you look at the thing, Elizabeth the two, you'll notice something. In between each of the, after Elizabeth dot two dot D-E-I dot G-R-A, Grace, dot Regina dot, you know, um, uh, by by the grace of God, Regina's by authority of God, uh, dot F-I-D dot D-E-F. You know, F-I-D um, and D-E-F, of course, you know, is defender and F-I-D is um, um, uh, defender of the faith of the people. She's ruling for the faith of people. No, she's got a plan. I've told you that the people are reporting to them are planning to kill 7 billion people, extermination plan. And she's going to get rid of the Bible. They're bringing forth... Uh, with the Israels, working with them, leaders of Israel, and they're bringing forth a no-eyed law. And this is very important for us to understand because the Lord requires us 
to Gyam in this time. He tells us two particular people that we are to follow at this time. We're to follow Moses and his laws at this time. And we're to follow Elijah in the way of the prophet at this time. He confronted the leaders of the world. He confronted them with the word of God. And he walked in the power and the authority of the word. And Moses gave us the, the way and direction of the law. And we are to sing the song of Moses by overcoming by the way of the two of them at this time. And we'll see that in Isaiah 21. But you see what the queen has done here. There, This is not of God. And she's not defending the people. She's lying. I mean, look at the, the myth, the, the, the order. Of the, she always wears that chain around her neck with the, the, dra- the noble slaying the dragon, which is anybody that knows the, the truth of that myth, the story that they created way back is, uh, that, was, that it's based upon is the fact that the dragon, well, they slayed the dragon, but then the dragon came back to life, you know, and uh, served uh, uh, and helped the noble become uh, king. And this is the whole thing about him coming to king in, in England and all this other stuff. Uh, that is the story of this thing. That's what it's, the myth is based upon. But that's what that law was based upon. I mean, that's what they built the law way back in the time of the, in 1348 when King Edward III started that uh, with his son, the Black Prince. Of course, a Black Prince. Huh? Okay. Anyway, now you understand that, that story. That's why that's important that we grasp the concept of what they're doing and why it's around the edge, just like you see CERN in that ring. I can't remember that um, the shimmer. I, I can't remember the that goddess, the Indian goddess with the arms and the snakes at her feet and, and all these things. And uh, she's got many arms and she's dancing and so forth. And they had that pagan ceremony with Lady Gaga at the, I mean, Lady Gaga at the, and uh, you know she jumped into the even the announcer said when she jumped off the top of the stadium she's jumping into the abyss <laughs> people come on people understand and at the end she takes the football and jumps into the pit again which is symbolic the first one is the separation judgment god is going to uh, you know they're going to judge him at this time and then at the the other one is the final judgment god you know they they jump into the, they sends them out in the pit and they're gone so all those who follow the world leaders at this time, that's exactly what's going to happen to you. They showed you a picture of it. It's symbolism. Even the Pope said it was all symbolism. Okay. So you understand these kind of things. They're plundering us. They're, you know, they're getting ready to take all our gold. They've already done this with all the taxes, with the live birth. They've stolen our souls. They're making a secret trading market in our souls. I testified as many people have testified to you this, and yet nobody wants to hear. And yet the Lord mentions it clearly in Revelation 18 that they're doing this. They're trading in souls of men, trading in souls of men. He's not talking about slaves. He mentioned slaves specifically in Revelation 6. He's talking about the souls of men. They have an actual trading of your soul. And they've taken it from you. And, and you are a slave to them, but they've actually traded on your soul and made profits on it. And they aren't under the law. They, you know, they allow people to bring lawsuits and so forth, and they go nowhere. At the end of the day, they're nowhere. They're right back up and put on top. And you don't see their people getting arrested for drugs. You don't see their people getting arrested for sodomy. You don't get you know, any of these things that they've done and reported and many people have testified to. You can't get even, even into court because, you know, they own the court system. And the courts are admiralty law courts. And look at Donald Trump. I tell you, every time you see him making these things right behind him, what is there? American flag with a gold trim, admiralty law. You know, he's doing it in the way of that. Now, those dots, 
that I told you about in the, the Queen's coins. Look at them carefully. There's always a dot between the letters, and that signifies it's under the Latin, and it's the Roman Latin, and it means that it's under the divine Roman law that they created that is this false system that they have that is, you know, the Admiralty law. It means the, they can deceive us by the words. And those that have that are free from the law. They're free people. You know, they, they, don't, they don't come under our law. They run the law. So that's what that is symbolizing. You don't see that when you write your name in capital letters. They don't put the dot between it. If they put the dot between your line, they couldn't bring you to the court because they'd be saying that you're a free person. So you have to be careful of these things and how they do these things. <clears throat> okay, it goes on. Um, it says, prepare the table. Uh, this is verse 5. This is important. Now, uh, let me go back to verse 4. I should start there. It says, My heart wavered, fearfulness frightened me. The night for which I longed, he turned into fear for me. Remember, in the night, he gives instruction. And he's talking about the night of this time. When, when Daniel saw in his night visions what's going to happen now, he, he was just panicked. I mean, it was made him sick in his stomach what he's going to see because what these people are going to get, these boils that God is going to pour out of them, it make you sick. The stench from the, they're going to, many of them are going to be driven to the ocean floor by God because Jeremiah 16 warns you that, that what God is going to do at this time is going to make the Red Sea and the plagues of Egypt as being nothing compared to this. So please understand, you're in a biblical time and you better get alerted to it. And nobody's preaching it and teaching it, but it's being made known to you. Now he's saying, prepare the table, set a watchman. What is the table? You go to, Jesus tells you the table uh, of of this time is the, the table of the marriage supper of the Lamb. You have to get the instruction because you have to be washed clean before you can go before God. And uh, Ephesians 5, 25, 27 tells you you're going to be washed by the water of the word. So all this has to be done. So the Lord has to open the table. He has to give us the bread of instruction. So he had to open his words to begin with. So he calls a watchman, as he says in um, a messenger, which is what he says in Malachi 3.1. The same thing's going to happen at this time. Remember, John the Baptist did the thing where God used him to give him the testimony of the of the. Uh, baptism, the water baptism. I've given you the testimony of the firmament and, and the creation design and all those things and, and so on. But the Lord is saying, prepare the table, set a watchman. And all the work that the, this person's doing is calling out that the messenger of the covenant is coming and how he's coming. And Jesus is the messenger of the covenant. He is coming. We're only pointing to the Lord. He is coming, not in some Messiah that they're, they're going to talk about. The, the Crown Trust is trying to create a Messiah. They've created an imam they're going to bring forth. They don't even speak the words of God. Muhammad in the Koran is not written in the language, the pure language of the kingdom of God. It's not written with the use of his words. Therefore, it, it contradicts the words. So it's not of God. It's not the pure language from, from heaven. These are not, I mean, you can have prophecy and many people speak prophecies falsely. But if, they don't, if they're speaking in a pure language in the kingdom of God, it will always be correct and you'll be able to discern it if you understand the words. So if you want to understand, if, if you're following Islam, you want to understand the ring, the, the incorrections of Muhammad. And remember that I've told you that people on the inside have told me that the creation, uh, the Koran was created by the Vatican. By the, by the Church of Rome and, and sent out by the, the emperor. 
It was a, it was used for purpose. They use religion. It's like now they're creating their own religion that the Club of Rome, and you can go back and look at the plan for the club, by the Club of Rome, which the Prince of Belgium at the time, he's now King of Belgium, he was the chairman of the Club of Rome when they brought forth this um, sustainable earth plan. And that's what it was. Now, let me get into this because I'm getting off on this thing. The nighttime is when the Lord instructs us. It tells us in John 9, 4, 5 and Luke 17, 34, that it's going to be in the night that the separation judgment comes. We are in the night. I believe we're in the very last season of the night at this time. I mean, if it's next year, it's next year. But I believe it's this year is the time frame because God has confirmed in 2010 that was the midnight. And we know that the evening is seven years and the night is seven years and the morning is seven years. Therefore, this should be the the season. And this is important for us to understand this because you're going to see something in the donkey and the camel. And that'll tell you something interesting. It says, for thus says, has the Lord said to me, go now, wait a minute. Let me go back to this verse five. Prepare the table, set a watchman in the tower, eat and drink. People, I mean, people say, no, you don't eat and drink. I mean, food doesn't matter. The Lord is telling you, why is he calling you to a great supper at this time and says, blessed are those who eat the bread of the kingdom in the, in the, in the marriage supper of the lamb. The, the, uh, let me look the wording on that in Luke 14. Let me read it to you carefully. Let's just look real quickly. Let me pull it up here. I got to get my fingers out of my road here. Luke 14. In there, it will tell us, Lord says, what it's all about. Okay, here we are. Um, In verse 15, it says, Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And then he said, uh, th- this is the Lord saying this. Um, um, you know, this is this is being said right after what the Lord said in verse 12. He says, then he also said to him who invited him, when you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, uh, nor rich neighbors, uh, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. Uh, because he doesn't want that to happen. When you re- you give a feast... Invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you shall not be, you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. And the resurrection he's talking about here is the restoration of the just. And, you know, you're going to get your reward in heaven at the actual resurrection of the uh, uh, thing. But what he's talking about is the just means those who are doing good. Those who are walking in the in the path of peace, those who are doing the works of righteousness, that's what the Lord tells us. He's going to, he says in Malachi four two at this time we're going to walk uh, go forth like stall fed calves. That's your reward is he, he's going to allow you to do the righteous acts of the saints and bring forth mighty things at this time, marvelous things. You're going to give glory to the kingdom of God. Fantastic. I mean, the news right now is fantastic. The war is coming, the terrible times. But if you pay attention and do what he says in Joel 2, 12 to 20, and enable the Father to um, intervene and set us apart, then that will happen to us. We will get that uh, we'll be purified, we'll be made white, and we'll be refined. Refined means you're actually doing the good works, bringing forth marvelous things, because you're actually showing and glorifying God by doing that. Okay. So eat and drink. It's important we do this. I've told you about the wine does. I've told you about the water, the 
gives court correction. He tells us in in Matthew and so on that like uh, that anybody that gives a cup of cold water in the name of the prophet and so on, they will not lose a reward. I mean, people don't understand. This is valuable to us. And he's telling us here to do it at this time, if you want to understand. He says, Arise, you princes, anoint the shield for it. And um, uh, for thus, as the Lord said to me, See, we're, this is the time where to eat and drink with the kingdom. We're to come to the Lord and seek the knowledge of truth. Because if we eat and drink, what's he do? Jesus said he has food that we don't understand. He pours out the knowledge of truth. And we will come out to the marriage supper of the Lamb at this time. Come out to the to kingdom. Eat supper in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is coming at this time. It's coming on earth as it is in heaven. But we're, it's not coming to those who will not set themselves apart from the world. And will not eat and drink in the way the Lord said, because this is what he's telling us to do. You know, you can fast. There's many ways to fast. But eating and drinking in the Lord for doing good works for others and enabling things to happen, that's that's doing a marvelous thing for others. And that is good. It's arise, you princes, anoint the shield. What did we talk about the shield? The shield is the sword of faith. You got to anoint means make it hear the words of God. That's what he's asking. The shield, hear the word, the shield of faith. Faith is hearing the words of God, being set apart from the world by John seventeen seventeen, And he tells us in uh, Zephaniah 3, 8, 9, he says, when he comes here to separate the people, then he's going to cause the people to walk with one shoulder, not shoulders of the past. Well, you know, he's going to pour out the, the, the we, get, we got the former rain. He's going to pour out the, the latter rain. <laughs> It's going to be marvelous. We're going to get the full measure of the seven spirits and get anointing and understand the good works of God ever prepared from the foundation of the world. And it's going to, we're going to do things that they haven't done in the past. We're going to bring back marvelous things at this time, the likeness of the Garden of Eden and so on. He said, for thus says, has the Lord said to me, go set a watchman, let him declare what he sees. And he saw, the watchman saw, a chariot with a pair of horsemen, a chariot of donkeys, and a chariot of camels. And he listened earnestly with great care. Then he cried, A lion, my Lord. I stand continually on the watchtower in the daytime. I have sat on my post every night. And look, here comes a chariot of men with a pair of horsemen. Then he answered and said, Babylon has fallen, is fallen. And all the carved images of her gods, he has broken to the ground. And then he goes on to verse 10 to 12. I've already explained that many times what he's doing there because it kind of changes the scene. It's another way of calling us to attention to this. Now, what is he saying here? It's a very interesting thing. A lion is the Lord. He's the Lord. He's the coming. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah is coming. He's the messenger. He's what he's saying. He's the messenger is coming. But he says that after he identifies two other things. He saw a chariot with a pair of horsemen. Who are the horsemen? The horsemen is the spirit of Elijah and the spirit of Moses. In other words, we're the, we're the, at this time, we're to remember the laws of Moses, remember the teachings of Moses. Moses taught us in Psalms 90 that we are to number our days and we are to understand them. This is what he's talking about. Those are the horsemen. They are, you know, they're the ones that we are supposed to listen to at this time and discern. But you cannot do that unless you get the, the words of God, which will come from, the, uh, from seeking the Lord with the bread of instruction. You can fast from other foods and take bread and, and water and go before the Lord, for example. It said, um, remember the Lord said that the, the, uh, that his people, there'll be no shortage of oil and wine. You know, you can dip that bread in oil because you want the knowledge pouring out from heaven. You can drink the wine because you want the internal plan. Don't become a drunkard. 
but you do it this way and for the purpose you're doing it with you know that that's not fasting when you just drink wine um but when you fast for the way of the words to enable the good works to come and understand the plan of the kingdom of God, he'll pour it out on you. If you do this in the evening, he does it at night, you'll begin to understand. When you read up and get up in the morning and say, Lord, I want to know what you're telling me. And then start seeking. And he will cause you, eventually it'll come to you. Because he says, he gives knowledge, line by line, precept on precept, a little here, a little there. Isaiah 28, 9 to 13 is the law of knowledge. And they're talking about the knowledge of truth. That's what you're wanting to eat. That's why you put the sash around your stomach. You want, you desire the food of the kingdom. The kingdom's food is truth. Amen. He does all his works in truth. Psalms 33, 4. His truth, entrance of his words gives light and gives understanding to the simple. And his words light your path and helps you to see. You know, there's a marvelous thing. The name Yeshua in Hebrew, you can, um, you can look it up on the internet, but the, the hand itself is symbolic of uh, the take the right hand. It lays out in the, in the spelling of the word Yeshua, and it's marvelous. And, and, and you know that's the Lord. And he, remember, he said he puts his hand over us and covers us, so that that uh, that we we are not affected by when he planted the heavens. That won't affect us. Otherwise, when he puts his hand over us, when he's guarding us and watching us. The evil can't get to us because the things that they do must come. Instruction must come down to allow it. And if God is protecting us, his evil darts can't hit, hurt us. That's why the helmet of salvation and, and he tells us there that the shield of faith, they take away the fiery darts of the dragon when, when you do this. Now, that's the horseman. That, that, that is the spirit of Elijah and Enoch. I mean, uh, Moses. Now, I, I told you that before, and I've said it many times, that the Lord and Elijah and Moses appeared to me before the the words were open. They appeared in a church service, and I saw them. And they were there. My, my little son saw it, too. He's the one that grabbed my face and said, look, Lord, I mean, look, Daddy, there's Jesus. And I didn't look. Third time he had to get me to look. Third is understanding, by the way. So I looked, and sure enough, there they were. And Elijah kept looking straight at me uh, during this time. He kept he would talk to the Lord and look at me, and he'd talk back to the Lord, and they were discussing between themselves, uh, Moses and Elijah. And they were looking at the condition, and they were walking in shepherd clothes, that uh, beautiful uh, wool that I've never seen on earth anything so quality as that. All of them had, and their beards were perfect. Their hair was perfect. And uh, the eyes of Elisha was, Jesus' eyes were blue, uh, but the eyes of the, of Elijah was uh, very, you know, very, uh, what do you call them, uh, dark, dark brown eyes, or, you know, deep in the earth is what I would call it. The, the other words, a great understanding um, of the things of God. And he was kept looking at me. I, Moses did not look at me because he was, his back was to me, and I could only see slightly when he turned his face to look at the Lord. But Elijah was kind of like there was a gap between Moses, just a slight one, and Elijah was standing there intentionally, and he kept looking at me and staring at me, and then uh, talked back to the Lord again. But that's the spirit of those have come, and where the, what it was doing was get us to look at attention to that. Remember, Jesus said, I think it's in Matthew four. I said, I think last night I said, man. Matthew 14 or something like that, but it's in Matthew 4. When they came to him about uh, John the Baptist, and he said that, that he was 
a likeness of Elijah if you receive it. Well, it's the same thing at this time. We're talking about the spirit of Elijah. And, you know, it's the message. What did he do? In John three twenty six to 30, 36, he made known that the Lord speaks the words of God and that the words of God have the full measure of the Holy Spirit within them. And these are set apart from the world. They don't speak them. He speaks them. And that was the message he was coming to give. Well, that's the same thing we've done now. This is made known this because Elijah is coming uh, 42 months before the Antichrist and, and the Ten Kings get their dominion. The Ten Kings and the Antichrist, the Six and Beast Kingdoms, as I explained last night. So that's not now. That's in the middle of the morning when the sacrifice is taken away, the sacrifice of the rapture. We have to do that sacrifice by doing the way of the words. We have to come out of the world. That's who he's coming for, those who set themselves apart from the world to be holy. That's the sacrifice that's pleasing to God at this time. And uh, we will do good works that will glorify him. Okay, the next one is the chariot of donkeys, and this is important to us because the donkey is a symbol. If you go back to the Jewish uh, things and look at the tribes, you will see that the donkey is symbolic of who? Of Ishikar. And what is Ishikar? Ishikar is to understand the things. They, they understand the things to come, and that's what they did. It's the spirit of Ishikar. That's really interesting. At the same time I had this, they, they right after this, they put us in tribes in the church and God put me in the, uh, for some reason they just got in the tribe of Ishikar. Only because it was just trying to draw attention to that. And I started looking, who is Ishikar? You know, I really didn't know the tribes that well before that event happened. You know, that's been some years ago. It was, uh, in a, um, had to be 1998 uh, that that occurred. And um, so what it says here in, in Ishkar, as you can understand, Ishkar in Genesis 49, 14, 15, it says, Ishkar is a strong donkey lying down between two burdens. He saw the rest was good. In other words, he saw the, the rest is the way of the seven spirits of God. He saw that enabled good works and that the land was pleasant. You see, God has put everything in the earth. In other words, it it comes forth when you do the way of good. When you do the way of the seven spirits, you're going to bring forth the, the good things that God has prepared from the foundations of the world. So he bowed his shoulder to bear a burden and became a brand of slaves. In other words, anybody that's not of the world is a slave because that's the way they've divided the world at this time. You know, the, the live birth record, I've told you, makes us a slave automatically. The way they've done it. They, they trick everybody on that. The parents aren't even the owner of the, of the actual child. It's, a, it's a, a terrible system. Now, it goes on in Deuteronomy 33, 18 to 19. His other, and remember I told you also many times, the donkey is symbolic of the carrier of the words. And that's exactly what you're seeing here. He, he took it and bare it on his shoulder, and he's going to make known the words of God and the ways and the blessings and all the results of that and how pleasant it is. And that's what we're trying to do. In Deuteronomy 33, 18 and 19, it says, And of Zebulon, he said, Rejoice, Zebulon, in your going out, and Ishikar in your tents. See, what was Ishikar's like Like Jacob? Jacob was a tent dweller. He, he wanted to be there and learn the words from his father and his mother. He was always listening and seeking out the knowledge of truth. It was more valuable than him to go be strong and do all these other things. And then he used that when he went out and became a shepherd and was able to greatly multiply things. I, I could tell you some things about the three stakes and some other things. It's kind of interesting, but we'll go into that another night. When you begin to you begin to look at the works of the, of the um, why the, the why the 
the heavens are in a shape of a pyramid and the four walls and also why the four living creatures have four faces and, and the, the double wings and so forth. And you begin to understand some of these marvelous things about science that are all related there because God never changes his ways and all things that he's made testify to his words. His words does all the work. So therefore, since science is a knowledge of doing works, you can utilize the knowledge of these things to enable many good works and enable many great things that you didn't even dreamed about before you'll be able to do shortly because you'll understand some basic science structures that God has already put in place from the beginning, which he testified to in Romans 1, 18 to 25. Now, it goes on. It says, they shall call the peoples to the mountains and they shall offer sacrifice of righteousness for they shall partake of the abundance of the seas and of the treasures hidden in the sand. What a marvelous thing. Let me try to explain this a little bit. Zebulon, and I'm talking here about the donkeys. All right. Remember the, the chariot of donkeys? See, the Lord tells us, he tells you see a chariot of donkeys, a chariot of camels. And that's the, the way of the world is merchants. The camels is of the world, the way of the world. But, you know, this is the, the merchants, as you see in Revelation 18. They're the ones that carry all the goods and everything else of the world, and they try to take away things. Even when they took uh, um, Joseph into captivity in Egypt, what they use? Camel. Luckily, he was on a camel, and that caravan was taking spices instead of the normal, terrible-smelling things. But God was blessing by that. He was breathing in spices and continuing the knowledge of Joseph into all that. He took care of him even in the days of trouble. Okay, it says here, Zebulon, let me go back and read the, the prophecy from J Jacob over Zebulon, which is talk, talking about the last days, because what Jacob said, these are what's going to happen to you in the last day. It says, Zebulon shall dwell in the haven of the sea. He shall become a haven for ships, and his borders shall adjoin Sidon. Sidon means the, is, uh, the kingdom work of hunting, fishing, and verse, uh uh, venison. In other words, again, here we're talking about food, hunting, fishing, and venison. Fishing is the is the words themselves. Of, and what he's talking about is, is they're basically going to bring out people from the sea. The sea is what? Revelation seventeen fifteen tells you the waters. Uh, and, and remember, the queen owns all the seas at this time and all the rivers. Uh, the law of the sea treaty that's secretly signed and it's, it's totally unlawful to us. But she's done that, and God doesn't recognize it. He's taken away all her dominion. She doesn't have a right to even make this coin at this time. She doesn't have authority to have the whole dominion, not from God. Since 2003, she's had no authority. We've allowed her to have authority. We are not to allow her to have authority. We're disobeying God because we refuse to do what he told us to do in, in Revelation 2, 12 to 20. If we do those simple things, he will protect us. He'll drive them far away from us, which is what he said. He's been waiting for us to do this. And as soon as we get that, and as soon as we get refined, then we can be raptured. And then Elijah and Enoch, the real ones, can come. And they will govern the earth while we're up there. Uh, in, in being filled with the Spirit completely by the teachings and so forth that we will learn. So we come back in the millennium, we'll be strong in the knowledge of truth. <clears throat> it says, Zebulon shall dwell by the heaven of the sea and shall become an haven of ships. Understand that they see all of us as ships. It's like a ship as a ship a corporation. And we are nothing more than uh, something bought and and so forth. I, I, it goes a little bit complicated to go into this right now because we'd have to, to have some understanding of, of the Admiralty Law system. But here's the point. The point is this. God sees them as ships on the sea. And, it, you know, all the people and a haven of ships, what he's saying is come into the dry land. 
Come off their sea. Separate yourself into the wilderness. Come to the dry land. Get away from the way of the world. Because the world sees us, uh, the Lord sees us down here as, in the waters. And the queen, you notice that she took that Roman that her uh, 60th thing. She took the Roman rowboat and, uh, or barge, whatever they had, and they set it up with the crown and stuff that they're, um, you know, they're celebrating um, the Roman times is what they're doing. She's getting ready to take her throne of the new world order, the one world order that conquers all these things. They're preparing it. They've got it already. They're doing it by the Roman law system that we don't even understand they're running. And the Amalty law, which is what that is, a divine Roman law, they call it. Um, it's it's terrible. And they confuse it all up, but it doesn't matter. God's disallowed all of that right now. That law system is done. That whole court system, Supreme Court, America, and all that is done. They have no authority before God at this time. If they try to overcome God, they're going to be punished for it. He says all those that come against his new city, which he's bringing, which is what this is all about. He says all of them will get the plagues of Zechariah fourteen twelve. So the Supreme Court, the President, Justice Department, Congress, Senate, all you guys listen. Read Zechariah fourteen twelve and know that's aiming for you. If you don't come out and repent for what you're doing and knowing, you know what you're doing. I, I've been in meetings and know that Senate and them know it's evil. Judges know. They don't want it to come out. They don't want to have people know this stuff because they think it's, oh, it's dangerous for the people. They can't have knowledge. God said he desires all men to have knowledge, uh, be saved and come to knowledge of truth, which is above all their laws, above all their knowledge. They'll see how deceitful this is if they will come out. Now, Zebulon and them are tied together because why? Zebulon is helping to bring in these people from the world and bring them to the knowledge of truth. And um, the... Um, like Naphtali is the deer of the morning. He's going to bring in the words. That they're going to work together. And they're going to bring forth this knowledge of the truth. All those who are of the ways of these tribes are going to do this. God is going to set us all apart into the, the various tribes. All of us will be in that. But we have to be understanding what to do. The work that's given to them to do. You can't be of a tribe you don't know the name and the work of. Not in God's kingdom. Because they're all united to walk in one shoulder. One shoulder means they're walking in the work that they've been given to do by the God. Okay, now, what he's saying here is a horseman. We first had to come and understand the, the way of the laws of Moses for this time because the ways of the laws of Moses, they were all written to do the way of the words. And Jesus said he didn't come to change the law, he came to fulfill it, to enable us to understand what those laws meant and what they're doing and give us a better way to do it. The new covenant is coming. And so it's an even better way to enable all those laws. That's why he said, by the grace, the blood of the grace of God made this better than Moses' law. Because that law had restrictions. And he had to follow it to the letter. Now we are able to talk and get, grow in knowledge directly without a rabbi, without a priest, without a preacher. We're all held accountable at this time. Paul said that creation even bears witness to his words and his works. And we should understand that. So we had first the, the spirit of the knowledge. That's what the horseman is. It's, it, God tells us we must turn, return to Moses' law. We must return uh, not to do the way of that law, but to understand that law in the way of the words. Because he gave us the words. He gave us the spirit to understand these things. That's why they're horsemen. The strength is the spirit. The horse is the spirit of God. So he's saying, know these laws by the way of the spirit. Know prophecy by the way of the spirit. By the way of the words interpret prophecy by the way of his words and you'll have the clearer message and that's what ishikar the donkeys are doing and that starts this knowledge to come forth and then the next thing what happens the camels the camels is very interesting by the way because he's, it's a judgment coming upon them all those other world the judgment comes upon them. what time of year 
If you look at an old Jewish calendars and you see they break the year up and they put animals and so forth in there to times of the years, you'll notice that Passover is camel time. And in the summer, it's, it's very interesting when you saw Lady Gaga on the floor of the thing, they had the people going around this, this Masonic checkerboard. The, the, it had these orange lights, yellowish orange lights. And they're going around and they're making those patterns that go out. And that is the pattern of the sun in the old uh, summer harvest of the uh, Jewish calendars. You would see that kind of sun with the lights going out. See, God, the, the frequency of the sun puts out healing for us, but they're blocking that by putting so much uh, metal isotopes into the sky so it diverts and hurts that frequency. It's kind of trying to change it. They put tons of, of isotope particles up there, aluminum and copper and so on, that change the frequencies to hurt us. So we're not getting the, the value of the sun, as they say. But that pattern was there. So that's the summer harvest. And they're heading, you know, they're, understand they're bringing forth a religious war. When they said they're bringing forth a religious war, we must understand that they're doing it in the way of this new religion that they're bringing forth that the Club of Rome set apart. And that new religion is based upon the Noahide morality laws. In other words, it's going to go back before Ishmael, but back before Islam. All that is going to come back before that. And then back before Jesus is trying to say, you know, they don't understand the words of God. They don't understand the Son of God. They don't understand any of that. They deny all that, and they worship the devil, and they're bringing forth the devil. They drink blood. They do all these things, evil things, sodomized children, and so forth. All this is evil, but this is what they're doing. They're actually following a religious calendar, and you can see this now. We're in the winter time. What is the winter time? If you look at the calendar, the Jewish calendar, even the old calendar, you'll see that this is the time of storm and rain. And it goes up until right at the time of the um, time of Nisan, the middle of Nisan, which is Passover. And what you see then, what you see then is the time of the camel, the merchants. <laughs> but God is going to judge them. They're not going to get that. The merchants are going to be punished. That's why you see in Revelation 18, it's focused on the punishment of the merchants. But the punishment on Babylon comes right before the merchants are discussed in Revelation 18. So you can see what the Lord said about the winter time being the time to come out before then, because this is the time he's going to judge them. Because this is their religion. Their religion. They're having this religious war. They're trying to create this deception, this evil war. But behind it, they're bringing forth their new religion, which they're trying to establish right now. And they're doing it in this way. They've planted fake artifacts and all that. So it's gonna, they're going to bring forth that, that they're going to try to verify this Noahide thing. They're going to say that they got these things before the flood of Noah. They they know the truth because they got stuff from caves that were before planted. And they planted that stuff. Okay, so that's what you you have the the donkeys and the and the donkeys the work have been done. You know the merchants have been preparing their way. The donkeys have been preparing the way. In other words, we've been making known the words, and the people who are hearing it are trying to come forward. And then you have the um, chariot of camels, and he listened earnestly with great care. And then he said, "A lion, my lord." I stand continually in the watchtower in the daytime, and I sat on my post every night, and look, here comes a chariot of men with a pair of horsemen. Chariot of men. God is bringing forth his people. They're going to preach and teach the word of God. They're going to understand the words. They're going to speak with the words of wisdom that the world does not know, and the, right now the church does not know because they're caught in a the snare. They will not hear the truth. And that's what he's talking about here. And they're coming with what? With a pair of horsemen. 
They're coming with this with the spirit of Moses and the spirit of Elijah, with the knowledge of the what of the righteousness and of the plan of God. The, Elijah understood the times of God. He understood the evil of the kingdoms and the ways. You know, when he came to Elisha and saw what Elisha was doing with the 24 oxen, the 12 yoke of oxen, what he was what he was showing there was he understood exactly what he was doing to the ground and so forth. That's what we are. That's why it's not a wilderness where he was. And, and they were blessed. And God picked him because he was studying. He knew. And now he says, then he answered and said, Babylon has fallen, Babylon has fallen, all the carved images of her gods has broken to the ground. Read Revelation 18. When the words were open, that's what he declared. That's why I'm telling you that the, the uh, queen, the president of the United States, none of them have any authority to rule. And if they don't turn and submit to God, they're going to be brought down to destruction with the plagues God's going to bring upon them. He's going to bring them into this war and they're going to kill each other. Many of them are going to kill each other, as it says in Ezekiel 38. But then after that, he's going to bring his plagues upon him. And he's going to end the war with his hailstone. I've told you about that last week and so forth. Well, I hope this has been interesting to you. I, I'm going to stop here because it, I could go on and on and on about this. But you get the idea. This is what God is talking about. This thing with the the the, the camels and, and uh, the, the donkey, the chariots and the donkeys. And that the chariots always re- represents the spirit of God, making known all these things being done. And that's what he's done. This has been over the whole time. That's why he's saying he's watching in the night. He was telling you the whole way of the day of the Lord. And he says he's watched the daytime and the night. He's, he's understood these things. And he, he repeated what he saw. And God summarized it beautifully in there, what he showed him in the vision. So he could understand it. And then he goes on and tells you in verses 10 to 12. And in verse 12, he's telling you, uh, you know, the Lord talks to him, says, the burden against Duma, the silent ones. He calls out to me, out of seer. Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? We're in the night. I've explained the night over and over and over again to people what that is. It's the time he gives his instructions, seals it. That's what the seal judgment's all about. We must receive the seal. And we have to receive it by the, the ending of the night because that's the separation judgment, Luke seventeen thirty four, and John 9, 4, 5. There's going to be a day in this night where suddenly the Lord is going to come. He's going to shock everybody. He tells us it's going to come as a thief in the night, uh, as it says in John 9, 4, 5, and First uh, Thessalonians 5, 1 to 3. Please, he says, if you will inquire, if you will inquire, return, come back. And that word inquire in the Hebrew means request, request. Otherwise, request the Spirit of God to be poured out on you so you know the words of God. Proverbs one twenty three. Please do that. And return. And I told you what the word come back. When you come back to the Lord, he repairs, repairs you and enables you to receive the knowledge of his words. And when you do that and begin to do good, what's going to happen? You're going to be restored physically and everything else. Lord, we thank you for your time. And I pray, Lord, this be useful for your people. Please bless it, Lord, and make it known to your people. We ask this in thy precious, thy holy name, for the good of thy kingdom and the blessing of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.